0: remember that you've been to school. And so this is about you supporting your children, right? And really helping them step into their independence, learn how they, you know, who they want to be, how they want to do it. And you're there as their kind of validating cheerleader. So I think that's just an important thing for all of us to remember that it's not our our time. We did it. Now we want to support them. And you can do this, right? Lean into your communities, use your friends, lean into the resources that school provides so that you can be As well equipped to be that validating cheerleader for your child and listen to them when they come to you with some concerns, some thoughts, some things, so that you can help them get to be that space, into that space that they want to be in and how to be successful.
1: Ready or not, here it is. We are right in the middle of back to school season. And if you're having trouble with this transition or your kids are having trouble with this transition, then this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of mom to mom the podcast. So you guys, we are in it. School is in session. Our calendars are jamming up. If you're like me, I have to sit down on a Sunday just to figure out who's going where on each day so I don't forget to pick up a child. It is happening. And these transitions are tough, not just for the kids, but for the parents as well. It's exciting, but it can be so challenging to start a new school year. So fortunately, my guest today is loaded with all the answers to help us navigate this time with as much grace as possible. I'm so excited to introduce you to Dr. Jen Hartstein. She is an adolescent and family psychologist, joining us all the way from New York City to take on this transitional time time in strides. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen, it's so good to see you. How are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here because, you know, back to school time, it makes people feel a lot of different things. You've got everything (laughs) from empty nesters who are sending kids off to college, um, to young families who are just in the game for the first time, to kids who are navigating high school. So a lot of different feelings for the entire family
0: yes for sure and i think you have to take that in stride right it's not it's it's not different every year necessarily but it's still new every year so you know every year there's a transition every year there's a new experience so even if you're seasoned vet and you've had more than one kid and you're used to sending them off each of your children is different, so that experience is gonna be different regardless of what you're doing.
1: You're absolutely right. And just because they had a great year the year before doesn't mean that this year will be seamless because for them, it's new teachers, sometimes it's a new school, Mm -hmm. it's a new set of friends. So I think we do have to be sensitive to that. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you're talking to parents, what do you think is the most important thing that we can do to be as supportive as possible during this time?
0: I think the first thing we have to think about are our own feelings about what's happening, right? Because we might be anxious for our child starting kindergarten or our teenager starting college, right? Big transitional times. They're kind of on their own and separating. So it triggers our own anxiety. We have to be super careful not to put our anxiety onto them and make them question their excitement or what they're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. So kind of check yourself first, I think is my best advice. And then- Oh, ask your child, how you doing? Are you excited? What are you thinking about? Open-ended, easy questions that facilitate conversation so you can actually hear what they're feeling or what they're thinking.
1: Yeah, and do you recommend having like a special time to do that? Like, I feel like if I'm just asking it and passing, like, are you excited for school? I don't get a whole lot. But if I create some space for that, like with my daughter, Mm -hmm. for example, we hang out in bed at night and we chit chat and maybe the first few minutes I don't get a whole lot. But if I sit there long enough, She opens up.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I think you're totally on the money there. I think one of the things that I like to encourage is kind of look for the moments, right? So maybe your child is kind of lurking by the door while you're washing the dishes in the kitchen or you're doing work in an office and they kind of are just hanging around. Mm -hmm. See if you can stop what you're doing and use that moment. So those times in bed, you're not pushing for information, which allows her to step into the space to give you information because it's safe and it's cozy and it's easy so it doesn't feel like it has to be performative on her part and give you answers you might want. I like and that's that. such a wonderful way to have conversation.
1: Yeah, I like that. So you talk about not putting our anxieties on them, which is like <laughs> a life goal that I think we're all working for to not yes. put our stuff and our past on them. But what are some other like common mistakes? It's impossible, mistakes? by the I way, know. Maria. Let's be honest. It's we, an we, impossible we do thing. The best. <laughs> we do the best we can is all. That's all we can do as parents. That's um, all you can do. But what are some of the other common mistakes that you see in, you know, particularly this time of year as we head back into school?
0: I think there's a lot of pressure on it having to be fabulous, right? Oh, but it's Mm -hmm. so exciting and kind of building up what your child should be feeling. And I use should specifically because they need to be able to experience their own emotions. And so we wanna create that space for them, but we also are like, want it to be great and you have no control over whether or not it's going to be great. So, so I think being able to kind of sit back a little bit, let them come to you experience that, like we were just talking about is really key. I also think making sure we aren't overscheduled, right? A thing I hear from a lot of my high school kids is I have to do all these extracurriculars and I have to do all this stuff for college. And they just, they feel the pressure in July before they've even walked into school when school starts, because, we're trying to keep up with everybody. So I think there needs to just be like a hit pause button a little bit. Otherwise these kids are burned out before they ever kind of head to college yeah. and then you know, what are we doing then?
1: I definitely try not to overstructure like that to me is one of those things that I just have an ick around like the the overdoing because yeah. I see a lot of it. I try not to do that, so I try to just follow where my children want to go. Having said that, we're in the period of experimenting, right? It's the new school year, you know, my daughter's interested in trumpet, my son wants to try flags, she wants to do writing, and all these different things. And as a working parent, sometimes you do have to put them in in these different programs so that you can go to work. Um, But when do you know, like let's say they're not enjoying it, when do you Mm -hmm. know it's time to let them tap out? Or when is it, you know, you got to keep pushing through because it's new and it's scary and it's challenging. So maybe push through that and maybe you will start enjoying the trumpet. Right. Right. And I think,
0: it, well, and that's a great question because challenge makes all of us want to quit. Right. I mean, when we are faced with something difficult, I don't know, I'm not a kid, like as an adult, I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do this anymore. And then I'm like, okay, wait, if I, I I have history to know that if I stick with it, something might change. Right. So mm-hmm. I think if you, your, your daughter wants to try Trumpet, so maybe you say to her, look, what do you think all the obstacles are going to be? What do you think all the great stuff is going to be? And you're going to do it. If you do it, you have to commit to doing it for four months. If after four months you don't like it, then we can talk about whether or not you want to quit or whether you want to do something else. But I think a time period is helpful. So they know that they have a kind of start and end. They might hit that, that stride where they love it. And... It's not like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this forever and I'm never going to be able to stop and it's going to be awful. So I think kind of I know when I was a kid, my, I went to I was a dancer and I was like, I don't want to do dance anymore. And my mom's like, well, you're going to go to class this one day because we made a commitment. Mm-hmm. And just sitting there and watching, I was like, wait, I do want to dance. Let me do it again. Right. So I think if we give them some say in it, that's really helpful and they know that they don't have to, but they, we build into the want to, and that's an important distinction.
1: I like that. And then putting some parameters on it, like let's give it a little bit longer, let's hit that four month mark or whatever the number is for your family. And then mm-hmm. if you're still feeling that way, we can revisit. I think that's good. Advice.
0: And you can, you're in school, use the marking periods, use the semester, You right? Like yeah. you have kind of some built in boundaries because of school. So if they can do it for the first marking period and then they're like, hey, I don't wanna do this anymore. Okay. They gave it that opportunity, and they get to play with other things they might wanna try.
1: What do you say to parents who are helping children deal with disappointments? And disappointments can look like a lot of different things. For us, the beginning of the year was, I'm not in class with any of my good friends, something mm-hmm. like that. Last year, a great example is my daughter broke her arm on the first day of school. So Ugh. obviously her year was gonna look a lot different. So that's a dramatic <laughs> yes. major disappointment. Um, but how do you how do you help kids with that?
0: So the the thing is is that we can't bubble wrap them, right? You aren't going to protect them. You want to as a parent, and many parents try really hard to protect them from disappointment. But disappointment's a part of life. We all experience it at every age. So I think the most important part is validate the heck out of that disappointment, right? This is really a bummer. Yeah, it makes sense that you're feeling really bummed out that you're not in any of you know, in class with any of your friends, what might that be? What what might be able to do about that? You know, who is in your class that maybe you want to become friends with? So we don't want to dismiss and diminish the disappointment. We want to really validate that it's okay. And that they can learn something from that or create something from that that can be really powerful, right? Failure is a part of life. We all have to deal with it, but we can kind of deal with it in a healthy way and validate that it stinks and we're bummed yes. out. That's key, because it
1: does. And guess what? <laughs> it doesn't go away as you become a grown-up. So if we can arm them with the tools to just mm-hmm. kind of navigate disappointment, it is something that we yeah. will perpetually be working with. So good to have. Absolutely. And, and you have to ultimately get to a place of acceptance,
0: right? This Your daughter breaking her arm. I broke my arm three times before I was in the sixth grade, oh, so no. I get it, right? Oh, yeah. I was like that kid. Um but like, so it just, it's, here it is, right? What, there's nothing, you, you can't change it, it's broken. And so what can we do about it, right? We have to accept that here we are. And that's a really, if we can teach kids that lesson early and often, it really helps as we're adults. Stuff gets in our way, here we are. What are we gonna do about it kind of a thing? So and that's, that's really important.
1: As a, as a lesson, I like that. Are you looking for your summer guide to adventures in Boston, the perfect recipes for your family, or exclusive interviews with your favorite celebrities? Well, you can get all of that in one place in your inbox with the Hubbub newsletter. To sign up, all you have to do is go to NBC10Boston.com newsletters, drop your email, and you'll be in the know. One of the things I wanted to ask you about because um, So my daughter is in fourth grade and we're starting Mm -hmm. to really deal with the friendship stuff. People feeling excluded, people getting clicky. Um, And I know that doesn't change. So this can apply sort of to even the high school and college students navigating friendships. Any thoughts Mm -hmm. from your perspective? Oh,
0: There's so many thoughts. You know, it is hard and it is all of a sudden friends turn on you without an understanding. And that happens with, it's unfortunate that there is kind of some gender specificity to that. It seems to happen more with girls than with boys, or at least with like, you know, female identifying kids over male identifying. Why? Because that tends to be a more social space, right? Girls just tend to be more social than boys and the relationships matter more. So we do want to just remember that in kind of all of this conversation. But I think it's really important to support your children in their friendship building. So if they're having problems, we wanna kind of approach those and ask some questions. Hey, tell me what's going on, very open-ended, right? Instead of kind of choosing sides, trying, you always wanna choose the side of your kid at the end of the day, I get that, but first you wanna be a detective into what's really happening, you know? What's happening? What, What, could we have a conversation? What would you like to say to them? Do some role play, exploring all the nuances so, that maybe they might see where maybe they did something wrong, right? It's not all relationships aren't one sided, but we often get into the one sided element of it. And that can be reciprocated in our kids. So, we wanna just kind of start to learn and ask questions and understand what's happening yeah. so that they can start to understand and be kind of smart about their approaches to the relationships also.
1: And really just being a good listener on that front, mm-hmm. I feel like is so important so that they can just. Yeah. Come home and and share how they're feeling if they feel like that they can do that. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with social media, like things can get really (laughs) nasty with like bullying and people feeling excluded. And, you know, they see that all their friends are in a photograph and they're not. Or even worse, someone shares a photo that they didn't approve of or something like that. Um, It can get really bad. It could really affect their mental health.
0: 100 percent. We know that social media already has some negative impact on our mental health in general, right? It's, It's a comparative world when we're on social media. And if you stop and think about your own life, am I really asking anybody for unsolicited opinions? No. Until I post it on Instagram and then all of a sudden everybody gets to give me their opinion. But I'm an adult and I can filter out what matters and it still might bother me. If I'm 15, I don't, have the capacity to filter out the same way. So I think with friendships, it's very important to also help your child see the good friendships, right? They might wanna be with the popular friendships and think those are really cool and exciting and they let go of some of the ones that are really meaningful and helpful. And that doesn't come through on social media, right? The really good friends that are there for you are not the ones posting pictures excluding you and making sure you see them. So we wanna teach the difference between in real life and what's curated online. And that's hard for us as adults Mm -hmm. to sometimes navigate. So I think it's important for us, again, check in with what you're doing, what you're reacting to, so you can teach it appropriately to your kids.
1: Yeah, when my daughter says, I don't understand why I can't have a phone, I said, because your brain is not fully developed. My brain is fully developed and I still have a hard time determining fact from fiction and what's going on and not being targeted mm-hmm. and not, you know, being influenced and all those things. So that's what I was say. Your brain yeah. is not fully developed.
0: And, and, you know, it's the true. longer you can postpone that, the better, yeah. right? Because it's true. And we know more and more research is coming out about how the dopamine hit, right? The dopamine is our feel-good yes. neurotransmitter that makes us excited. And that's why we stay stuck on these apps for so long, because it keeps triggering that dopamine hit. We want more. We want more. We want more. Mm-hmm. And for young kids who don't recognize what's happening, it creates that need to be on it. And then they aren't in their real lives in the same way. Now, that's not true for every kid. We need to know our kid. We need to know the differences between them. But for, you know, I am a big fan of the longer you can delay it and it won't be forever, the better.
1: Yeah. And we we touched on mental health. But are there certain red flags that we can identify where we're seeing something with our child and it's like, okay, it's definitely come time to come talk to someone like you?
0: Right, yes, 100%. I think the first thing to remember as a parent is you know your child better than anybody. Although a lot of parents would argue when they turn like 12, 13, it feels like someone maybe like replaced them with an alien in your house <laughs> because that's when all the hormones are having. But the truth is, is that you still do know your kid better than anybody, right? So if the first thing is check your gut, right? If something feels off, trust that very often you are right. And so some of those red flags might be, let's say that you had a really social kid and all of a sudden they're very isolated, right? So you're noticing a significant behavioral change kind of a, a, word, a yellow flag, red flag moment, right? If you're noticing that they just aren't interested in things they used to be interested in before, that's something to be aware of. If you're noticing that their mood seems much lower, less engaged, let you know, your happy-go-lucky kid becomes sullen, some of that is adolescence, but it's that step beyond that where you might want to kind of be worried. And you mentioned the importance of listening before. Same thing goes here. Hey, I noticed that you haven't been spending time with your friends or interested in playing football, something going on. I'm, I'm a little concerned about you and then stop talking because our own anxiety as the adults and lives of these kids is to talk too much and then we can't listen. Right? So we have to like talk less, listen more. And you'll get a lot of information that you didn't realize you needed And if your gut says, hey, I think we should walk down this road, trust it and, you know, talk to your pediatrician, the principal at school, the guidance counselor, and get some referrals so that you can talk to someone or have have them talk to someone.
1: And luckily, I feel like we still have a long way to go, but it's becoming more normal, normalized Mm -hmm. to talk to a professional and and sit down with a therapist or a doctor or something like that, um, because it helps. It helps adults so much, too. Are you looking for your summer guide to adventures in Boston, the perfect recipes for your family, or exclusive interviews with your favorite celebrities? Well, you can get all of that in one place in your inbox with the Hubbub newsletter. To sign up, all you have to do is go to NBC10Boston.com newsletters, drop your email, and you'll be in the know. There is nothing I love more than scrolling through Facebook and seeing all the back to school photos. It is Mm -hmm. the sweetest time of year to see the kids all dressed up and they're holding their little chalkboards of what they want to be when they grow up and what their teacher's name is and sometimes even the school they're going to. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people understand how dangerous that can be to put that out into the world. So can you speak to that a little bit just about privacy?
0: Yes. So we don't think about that very often, right? We don't stop to think about how much information we're putting out there that someone can then take and use to create, you know, identity theft or any of those things. So it's really important to—and I don't want to kind of go down this road of like, oh, everybody's unsafe, right, because we've been through that kind of— You know, very fearful space before. But I think we have to be more mindful about the fact that what goes on the internet lives on the internet. And you wanna protect your child's identity more than anything. So you wanna put that back to school photo up, great, and be careful about how much information also goes with that. And as your kids are older, make sure that they say it's okay, because maybe they don't wanna be. On your social media feed, and you really want them on their social media on your social media feed, but they get to have a say in that. So include them in some of that conversation so that everybody's on the same page and we aren't building resentment later.
1: Do you have any tips when it comes to technology in general and sort of boundaries around that at home? I mean, I'm sure it's, it totally depends on the age of the child, but um, it's, it's here to stay. And it's something I think that we're all (laughs) dealing with on a daily basis. And it seems to be changing on a daily basis too, new apps, new things. Correct. It's changing on a daily
0: basis. The, the kind of guidelines change on a daily basis, you know, think about it, right? Tech has such amazing power. We wouldn't be able to be having this conversation a few years ago. I'm in New York and you're in Boston, right? So how awesome that tech is allowing us to do that. And it certainly showed us that there's lots of new ways to do things. That being said, what are the limits? How are we still engaging in the world around us? And I think, it, as you said, depends on your child. Kids that are younger should be on screens less time than kids that are older. And one of the things that I notice a lot of kids that I deal with are struggling with is that school requires them to be on screens, yeah. right? They're on screens for schoolwork. So everything we've known kind of is kind of topsy-turvy in a snow globe. So I think the key is, what do you need, like, what do you know about your own child and how are you actually modeling screen use? Right. If you're sitting out to lunch and you're on your phone, why shouldn't your kid be on their phone? Right. Mm -hmm. Unless you're able to say, Hey, I need to check this thing for work, but then I, you have my attention. You know, we, we need to model the behavior we expect to see. So if it feels like everybody's on screens too long, then maybe you carve out family digital free zones where every meal that you have together, no one's on a phone. Phones aren't even on the table.
1: Yes.
0: Um, for some older kids, I really recommend that parents have a deadline at night where phones and computers are out of the child's room so that they're not up all night on their screens mm-hmm. because sleep is so vital and important at this time. Um, and so make some rules in your house about cell phone use, screen usage, you know, all of those things. And it may be different for each one of your children based on their needs. And that's yeah. not always, doesn't, doesn't always go over well with siblings, yes. but it, it's what you need to do.
1: And this model behavior that you're talking about is something that I have been trying so hard and it's, it's not going super well. I'm going to be honest. Um, well, it's something be kind I grapple to with about all that. the <laughs> time. I know because it's like partially for work, but then you get sucked in. And I just, yep. I feel terrible when the kids are just seeing like the top of my head And, you know, well, and then you're missing important moments, right? You're missing, like, especially for little guys,
0: you're missing really important moments of success that they might be having or moments where they're trying to engage with you, but you're busy looking down. So then they're like, okay, forget it. Right. So, so time limits, you know, there was an interesting study that came out that we always say like put time limits on your screen usage. And I think if you can frame that a little differently too, how do you want to use your screen time? And so that it makes the screen usage worthwhile. So if you're like, I'm checking for work, remind yourself, I'm checking for work and I'm sitting here with my children. So I'm putting my phone down versus I'm checking for work, but look, I'll go check Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and see, you know, we do, we, I do it too. We all go down the rabbit hole. So when you notice that, bring it back and kind of re re re-engage with what's around you.
1: My friend just bought a lockbox on Amazon, Mm -hmm. you know, like that you put the phones in. it's like a little jail cell. (laughs) Put them in the jail cell for a little bit because it can be so hard. I mean, a lot of times I'm literally just going to see what time it is. And next thing you know, 20 minutes has passed. I bought a few things, (laughs) learned a few Mm -hmm. things. Um, Yeah, so we've done entire episodes on this, but it is something that I just continuously am working on I need to be reminded of. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Um, All right, I've just got about a minute left with you. But, so just kind of final thoughts as we head into a brand new school year, Um, maybe just a little pep talk for everyone at home on how we can help everyone succeed and and make this a great year.
0: Yeah, so I think first of all, remember that you've been to school. And so this is about you supporting your children, right? And really helping them step into their independence, learn how they, you know, who they wanna be, how they wanna do it. And you're there as their kind of validating cheerleader. So I think that's just an important thing for all of us to remember that, it's not our, our time, we did it, now we wanna support them. And you can do this, right? Lean in, into your communities, use your friends, lean into the resources that school provides so that you can be as well equipped to be that validating cheerleader for your child and listen to them when they come to you with some concerns, some thoughts, some things so that you can help them get to be that space, into that space that they want to be in and how to be successful.
1: Oh, this was so amazing. Dr. Jen, not enough time with you. Please let everyone know where they can find you on social for more great tips and things.
0: Uh, sure. So on Instagram, I'm Dr. Jen online. That's a, I'm a one end Jen. Um, and on Facebook, I'm Dr. Jennifer Hartstein. I don't have TikTok yet. I'll have to get there, oh, but it's like too many whole, too whole many whole social media arm. things for me.
1: Oh. I love, love, love Dr. Jen. Hopefully this podcast helped you a little bit during this transitional time and this back-to-school time, but I think some of the things she talked about we can really take with us throughout the whole year. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. Just a few reminders. If you're in the New England area, you can watch Mom to Mom, the TV show, on Mondays at 11.30 a.m. on NBC10 Boston, and you can find a whole bunch of podcasts. We have an entire library of great shows like this wherever you find your podcast. So I hope to see you there. Thanks so much for joining me today. And I will catch you next time right here on Mom to Mom. Happy back to school season, everybody. You can do this.